Hi, this is Bill Arnold. Missed a show or need me talking to help you sleep tonight? I have several solutions to that situation. Here are the podcasts from the show. You are the best for listening and supporting Faith Radio. Welcome to Afternoons with me. I'm Bill Arnold. Thank you for uh, joining me today. I hope you had a great weekend. It was a fantastic uh, weather, nice and hot. If you like summer, boy, it all happened over the weekend. And I hope you had a chance to gather at some point with some family or friends and and have a barbecue or stay far enough apart where you still enjoyed company and had a good time. I opened my Bible today to Matthew chapter 24, and it said in verse 35, Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. And that's what I'm here to do today is uh, talk about God's Word, and it's going to be a great day, a great show. Patrick Albany is going to be joining me in just a second. Then we'll have the Monday afternoon mix with Miles Arnold and Maxwell, and then a full hour with Ken Samples from Reasons.org. He's a theologian and a philosopher. He's an awfully interesting guy. We're going to talk about the difference between Christianity and Islam and the differences um, and what's ahead uh, in the world, there's going to be 9 billion people before long, and there's going to be about uh, 3 billion Christians, 3 billion Muslims, and 3 billion other. <laughs> oh, I should have done more research on that. Anyway, uh, Patrick Albanese is my regular Monday guest to get things started. He is uh, my friend and colleague from the great state of Iowa in the prestigious town of West Des Moines. Patrick, welcome. Hey, thanks. So 3 billion Christians, 3 billion Muslims, and the same 72 hired Krishnas at the airport. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds about right. Sounds about yeah. right. Their numbers never change. <laughs> yeah. So uh, did you have a nice holiday weekend? I did. I ended up, I mean, I did a lot of work around the house, but uh, yeah, it was, a, it was nice. We went to watch fireworks on the, um, off my wife's, the building that she manages, the oh, Performing nice. Arts Center. She said her coworkers told her that the rooftop is a fantastic place to watch fireworks from. So we got together with a couple of families and spread out some blankets on the rocky roof and oh, nice. saw nothing. Nice. We saw nothing. <laughs> nice. So we're like, oh, those fireworks. No, no, no. How did you do? Uh, how are you doing on your summer dieting? How's that going? Uh, you know, I and maybe I'm doing something wrong. Correct me if I'm wrong here, but uh, no matter how much ice cream I eat, I still can't seem to drop these love handles. I just I don't know what's. That's so it's, frustrating, I'm isn't it? It's all ice cream diet, as you know. Yeah. And uh, it, it isn't just that they're love handles. It's the suitcases that are attached <laughs> to them now that are making life a little bit difficult. It's like, yeah. what do I do with all this baggage? Hard, 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 hard to know, isn't it? Get on a plane. There's yeah. going to be excess baggage charge. Yeah. No. Weren't you going to do like a garage sale this weekend? Or was that last we, weekend? Uh, last weekend, yeah. Oh, how'd that go? Uh, well, I got to tell you something, and I do have this, this was our fifth, and uh, I would say that the secret to holding a garage sale and not losing your mind is to not hold a garage sale. Yeah. It's really, it's, it's, your stuff is not worth anything. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's, you go, well, here's this old ceiling fan that you yeah. <laughs> paid $200 for, and I put it on a table after <laughs> lugging it around, and I asked for 20 bucks, and some, some guy said, well, you take a buck 50. And, uh, I mean, at, at the end, we, we kind of uh, bailed out pretty early and I, we put a sign up says, everything is free, exact change only. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. And then we 
in our own driveway. I, I put chalk marks on the driveway, actually. I said, everything down here forward is free toward the street, but everything above here, like that belongs to us, where my car is parked and our fancy decorations, that stuff is not free. Yeah, we'll want to get money for that stuff. Yeah, somebody's going to say, well, so you had some really nice furniture on the front porch. Uh, we thought we'd take it. It said free. <laughs> so are you still, uh, I meant to ask you, are you still getting a lot of mail from AARP? It's, it's okay. Um, I've been getting it now for a lot longer than I want to admit. And I've just made my peace with it that there's going to be, you know, um, a couple of pieces in the mail. But it's like, here's where, where it kind of gets gets under my skin. I'm not I'm not that old. Uh, you know, that's the first thing. And, and second, if they could, I wish they could print those things in a little bit bigger font because my readers, <laughs> I can, you know, I got the 10 times readers. Yeah. Not good enough. Yeah. But they did uh, recently send me a uh, VHS tape of On Golden Pond, which I thought was oh, a very nice. Touch. Nice. Yeah. So they, they really had trying to uh, woo you to the uh, wow. to membership. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost as if they could just say, come on, you <laughs> You know, this is your genre now. You know, this and uh, uh, a lot of old television series. It is pretty funny. We've been watching a lot of um, Columbo from the 70s. And uh, my wife is younger than me. And she says, did people really, really wear ties like that? I said, yes, they did. And yes, I did. Of course you did. Did you have anything like that that was just that massive? Oh, yeah. I mean, you couldn't, it took forever to tie it because there was so much fabric. It was thick that uh, if you didn't start it properly, it was only about four inches long. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but once you had that half Windsor in place, you were feeling good about yourself. Yeah, but you never wanted to take it off again. So you clipped the back of it and turned it into a clip-on. Yeah, that, you're a smart man. Well, Velcro. Yeah. We're friends, me and Velcro. So I was looking at the uh, the pandemic. I was just looking at history. You know, the Hong Kong flu that was a pandemic. All right, that started in 1968, lasted into 1970, and it killed a million people worldwide and 100,000 in the U.S. when our population was only like 200 million. But we had sports, school, and other, our, our lives went on. Have we become soft, uh, we, or what's going on? Is it, is it? We, we had another thing uh, called Woodstock. And how many, what, how many hundreds of thousands of people gathered for Woodstock not exactly the most sanitary of conditions. They certainly weren't wearing masks. But uh, uh, they, I think they just said, well, it's the summer of love. It's like, no, it's the summer of the Hong Kong flu. <laughs> Good point. And off they went. They, uh, I, it, You know, it's, it's interesting because um, we have these, well, I have two young kids, as you know, and the debates now, I get an email every two days from the school saying, still haven't decided. We still don't know if we're going to go back to school, if it's going to be, you know, you're going to be doing it from home. But uh, unbeknownst to a lot of people, uh, for those who have uh, who are considered essential workers, so that's not me. <laughs> that's why <laughs> that's why I'm late to the party on finding out about this one. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, how much fun is it going through life as a non-essential? Yeah, yeah non-essential. That's brutal. Yeah. That's like some of those vitamins that are considered non-essential. How do they feel? Just, I'm not essential. I'm just not an essential vitamin. Yeah, he needs vitamin B and vitamin D, but, but it's not essential. Well, it's yeah, yeah. We don't. Does he really need you know magnesium? Yeah. yeah. Do you even yeah. know the Do you even know the fat soluble vitamins? Can you name them? 
Uh, well, you know, I, I always seem to remember that the fat-soluble ones were the ones that were in the gel caps. So it was like <laughs> vitamin A and vitamin E, right? No, A, D, A, D, E, and K. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so, so were, A and A, D, E, and K. Or, yeah, A and E, vitamin A and E always came in the gel caps. Yes. Uh, so I always knew, I go, well, they're fat-soluble because they're, I'm just pumping oil into my system. <laughs> <laughs> Probably isn't the healthiest thing. Probably not. Yeah. But e we got K, off track, didn't we? Potassium. Oh, yeah. So the kids going back to school, right? Well, yes. So they, they, our state and most states provided daycare. If you were considered an essential worker and your kids were now out of school, they provided daycare. Mm-hmm. And uh, my brother-in-law was eligible for it. That's how I found out about it because uh, he and his wife were considered essential workers. And so this, the kids were out of school. It's like, no, you, we'll get you some, uh, some free daycare courtesy of the state. Well, I thought, well, what, what a great, you know, we can find out. Are the kids really these super spreaders that we should be fearing? Because if I don't know how many kids went to this, you know, essential worker daycare, but there were kids there, there were teachers there or, you know, daycare workers. So we should have seen an explosion. Well, a guy named Phil Kirpin actually dug into it. I had sent him a text. I go, well, what about those? And he said, I've done the work. 635 centers that I've checked that uh, were allowing, you know, for daycare for the non-essential workers' children. So they never closed? Between, they never closed. Okay. 30, between the uh, adults working the facilities and the kids going, we have a sample size of 30,000 people. Wow. So you would think, well, if the kids are super spreaders, they should all be sick. 97. That's it. 97 what? 97 people caught COVID out of the 30,000. Wow. And that's adults and kids. Adults and kids, yeah. And mm. uh, so you think, okay, are the kids not the super spreaders? Is this, is this you know, information to... Because you would think, you know, once somebody gets it, it should have spread like wildfire, like in the, no kidding. the retirement homes uh, in Seattle and everywhere else. But uh, so, I, you know, part of that makes me say... Maybe the kids will be going back to school. Love my kids, but somebody else should be educating them. Oh, that's, there's no question to that. You know, I can teach them how to put on a nice coat of paint. <laughs> it's, uh, and you don't call yourself essential. I did, it's, yeah, I'm optional. All right. I <laughs> always like, like option to buy. <laughs> I always like to do a tease. So when we come back, Patrick, I want you to uh, make an observation about CHOP in Seattle. Apparently it's been broken up. It's been dismantled. So I'm going to talk about that when we come back. And lots more. Patrick Albanese is my guest, as he is on Mondays, to get things started. Hope your week is going well. And I'm awfully excited to uh, be back here in the uh, big chair here at Faith Radio. It's a great day. We'll be right back. What would you do with a brain if you had one? Do? Why, if I had a brain, I could... I could while away the hours, conferring with the flowers, consulting with the rain. And my head, I'd be scratching while my thoughts were busy hatching if I only had a brain. That walk-up song is for Patrick Albanese, my friend and colleague from the great state of Iowa. So, Patrick, they finally broke up CHOP in Seattle, that little country of its own inside the U.S. of A. And uh, yeah. so, you know, what are the what are the residents, the the... People, what are they going to do now? 
Well, I don't, you know, I was wondering about that, actually. I thought, well, okay, so you, you, you had your little experiment, and I guess you've either, you know, maybe you've got to go back to the, to the other world, the you real go world. back to the U.S., yeah, yeah, to the U.S. It, fortunately, it's just a block away. <laughs> <laughs> it's just that one Starbucks over. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, know, you might have to cross a small river, you know, but uh, now you've got to get a job. And I thought, I was wondering, can you put, you know, chop on your on your resume on your 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 vitae? Well, let's, uh, let, a VAT? let me see. You're in a job interview. What kind of management experience do you have? Well, you know, uh, I did run a uh, small city for – no, wait, hang on. Hang on, scratch that. It was actually a, a small country. I, I ran a country, and as far as I know, uh, after I left, they never even tried to replace me. That's how good I was. I well, was I that <laughs> I, think, I think that's going to open some corporate doors. That's going to open – I mean, you would say, you know, especially if they – you know, the new rules apply and you can't even look into it. Uh, and you just go, well, we'll take you at your word. You know, um, could you shower, please? However, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, we don't want to push the envelope here, but that's something we highly recommend uh, when working the showroom here. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you, know, you know, the showroom It's funny. I meant to, I was thinking of the showroom, you know, how go, no matter where there's a convention, whatever the, con the nut and bolt convention, there's always the showroom that had the displays, the merchandise. Right. That's why you're really go when you know, you've been to magic conventions and you say I don't care about the magic shows I want to see the showroom where I can buy stuff. No kidding. And of course the, you know, these conventions are usually just set up so that you can buy stuff. That's where the money is for them too. They say, well, we'll entice you to come here to see the magic show, but we know you're going to want to buy some stuff. I remember once going to the hoarders convention. They actually have a convention every year, and they, I went to the showroom, and they had everything. But none of it's for sale. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would make sense. Nobody that's sell it. that's the stuff you want, too. There you go. And, hey, well, how much for that? So I, I can't let that go. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you ever told the story on the show of going to the, the tiny magic convention in Colon, Michigan, which is the biggest magic convention in the country. But, of course, Colon, Michigan is the tiniest town in the U.S. And, of course, the town has to pretty much stop to accommodate the magic <laughs> convention. So, I mean, everybody who has a house or an apartment basically leaves town and puts their apartment up for rent. Yeah, that, and that's that's how they make their vacation money. They say, well, we'll go on vacation and we'll rent out our place. Yeah. Now this town is is so small that it's it's one of those where if you ask directions to a house, they say, uh, take a you know a uh, 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 left at the elm tree. Right. <laughs> Swinton, right. And you know third driveway on your right. Yeah. So a bunch of friends and I we did get um, uh, we booked to go there. My friends were going to be performing at it, and you guys rented a house. We got in late because one of the guys managed to get our van towed twice. <laughs> that was Matt King. Well, we got a towed at the airport. Uh, anyway, we finally get in town. We go to the first night of shows, and then they say, oh, you're in the, the Johnson house. Well, you know, take a ride at the Elm Tree, third driveway on your right, and uh, you'll see it there. And, you know, all the homes are abandoned, and so it's dark out, and we do the thing on the elm tree. We turn in the third driveway and we go to the end of the driveway and we walk into this house and it is a pigsty, a disaster. Like this person said, not only do I hate you, I'm going to take your money, but it's a nasty mess. Mm -hmm. And so we start cleaning up and we start moving into the bedrooms and there was one bedroom that had a crib in it. So one of my friends who had a parrot put his parrot in the crib, <laughs> said, I got a place for my parrot, Luigi. 
And uh, Dana Daniels. Yeah, we're getting ready for bed. It was Dana Daniels. Yeah. And we're getting ready for bed around, oh, it's one o'clock in the morning. And suddenly the door, the front door opens and a woman walks and says, what? what are you doing in my house? <laughs> you were you were one house off, weren't you? We were, the driveway split. We didn't oh. see the split. Oh. We went to this woman's house. She was out in the town. We cleaned up, put oh. the dishes away, took out the garbage. <laughs> oh, that's so painful. <laughs> she called the police on us. And the policeman just came and laughed at us, said, you guys are not very bright. It's like it's dimly lit. So we were the talk of the convention for four days. People said, oh, you're one of those guys. Oh, funny. You're, one of those. you're not smart enough to be a magician, which has really never been something to hold <laughs> you back before. That's true. So oh, I'm well, curious about summer activities in Des Moines because I'm um, wondering, are the scouts happening? Or is, your, is your son in scouts still? We were doing the 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 Zoom meetings. Everything's Zoom. Uh, we did the, the the men's group Zoom. Yeah, you know, and 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 I I said we can, I'm, just, I'm tired of Zoom meetings. Can we call this? You know, let's come up with some new names. You know, for the guys I was with on that. And uh, you know, one guy said, "How about Zoom Raiders?" I was like, "I kind of like that one." And I threw out Zoom by ya. But then we eventually settled on dads of really cool kids, which spells dorks. We just thought that was kind of clever. <laughs> so my son was doing scouts via Zoom meetings. And I don't even know how you're supposed to be doing these nature trail things when you're locked in your basement. <laughs> scout no sense. Saying, do you have your do you have your igneous rock? It's like oh. I, we're not near a lava flow as far as I know. <laughs> Des Moines, especially in my basement. And yeah. it got to be so humorous. My wife and I would joke about it. I said, well, today is probably going to be hippopotamus CPR because they are stretching to find things to talk about on these Zoom meetings. So we got into first aid, and it was amazing to do first aid via Zoom. Yeah. yeah. So scouts is it, – and it kind of – it ended for the summer, but they're they're trying to get it going again. Yeah. Well, I was thinking about slogans because you and I – you know, we talk slogans and we, we like some, we don't like others. But I think slogans can be dangerous, especially if you start um, forcing it on people. I mean, I, I whenever I see a slogan, I always think, before you sign on to whatever the slogan is, I mean, you better understand what the, the, the bones of it, of it is. If there is. You know, if there is a movement called Christianity Matters, I think every wise Christian I know would want to understand what they were getting involved in. Yeah, they would say, yes, it does matter. And uh, then if, if somebody said, would you like to donate to the movement? They might say, well, maybe, but what does the movement do? Yeah, I mean, what if do do if, if the document thing? said Christianity Matters believes that everyone's going to heaven and that, that Joseph was the biological father of Jesus, um, you'd go, well, you know, I believe Christianity matters, but I'm completely against Christianity Matters. <laughs> right, yes. <laughs> Yeah, and then you you would certainly wouldn't want somebody saying, "Well, then you don't care, or you're not a real Christian." Then, right? But don't we run into that um, kind of frequently? It's the you know when people say the, and I'm not, I'm guilty of it. You know, I mean, I I was into New Age religion many moons ago, and so I I am certainly guilty of saying, "Well, the Jesus that." I know. <laughs> right there, there's a mistake. Yeah. You know, because now you're you're mis you know you're changing his words around, and you're saying, "How well do you know this guy if you can't even quote him correctly? This must not be a very good friend of yours." 
you know, uh, this might not be somebody you know that well. And, uh, you know, I I was certainly guilty of pulling one from column A, two from column B, and creating a custom religion that coincidentally, by the way, uh, worked almost perfectly hand in hand with exactly how I was living my life at the time. Sin Isn't and that all- funny how that works? Yeah, yeah. It was amazing. Yeah. And so, of course, that felt right. How could that not feel right? Yeah, right. You sent me this. I don't know where this came from, but I love it. We love the idea of God changing our circumstances more than we love the idea of God changing us. Isn't that true? We, yes. Uh, I I think I got that from church, but uh, yes, I did get that from church. It's just so true. It's, we're we're praying, we're praying, we're praying, and uh, we're saying, you know, you know, please change these uh, circumstances. And if God's reply was, sure, you first— you know, you know, uh, there, that's an old Zig Ziglar saying, isn't it? In order for things to change for you, you have to change. Uh, and obviously, you know, if you're having a problem with, say, addiction, you go, well, you know, you're going to have to give that up. And a lot of people that struggle with addiction say, no, I don't want to give it up. I want to find a way to cut back where it's not as harmful. Right. It's like, oh, you're bargaining again, the bargaining phase of things. And I'm I'm a great bargainer. I I just I'm constantly bargaining. But that phrase really hit me, where I said, "Gosh, that's so true." I'm always saying, "Don't you know? Don't ask me to change. If you just change this outward stuff, mm-hmm. and I going on living the way I'm living and making the mistakes that I'm making." I I think it's worth a repeat, Patrick. We love the idea of God changing our circumstances more than we love the idea of God changing us. Yeah, we're the last ones that want to be changed. But God, while you're at it, please, please answer my prayers exactly how I've asked, because I know right. best. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's almost uh, saying, you know, forgive me. It's, it's like paraphrasing the, the Catholic confessional. Uh, forgive me, Father, for I've sinned, and I will, I plan to continue sinning, and I'm just looking for your blessing on that. If you could, if you could just fix the, 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 the mess that I've made from my previous sinning so that I can get a fresh start on the new sinning. Uh, it's like maybe maybe it's not the good thinking. Is, just so you know, it, it's not it's stinking thinking. <laughs> yeah, that is stinking thinking if I've ever heard it. Well, it sure is. Uh, I just uh, I know you're working on some house projects and good luck with that. Um, yeah. Is um, you know it's a good time to get some things done. I'm getting so much done, and uh, our house was built in the '80s. And by the time I am done renovating everything, we'll be s- smack dab in the middle of the 90s. <laughs> I think, you know, I'm just doing a, doing it gradually. It's yeah. like, what was what was the style back then? Yeah, a decade at a time. Decade at a time. Popcorn yeah. ceiling? No, let's get rid of that. Let's just do textured ceiling. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Patrick, thanks yeah, so can... much for helping me get the day oh, yeah. started. Have a great day. I am working on it. You as well. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Patrick Albanese has been my guest. He's uh my friend and colleague from the great state of Iowa. We'll take a look. We've got the Monday afternoon mix with Miles Arnold and Maxwell. We'll be right back.
And it's the Monday Afternoon Mix with Miles Arnold and Maxwell. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The smooth voices. <laughs> the voice. I love it. We all have to artificially artificially manufacture them, with the exception of you, David. Don't you don't have to. You I got might the pipes. still, you know, just a little bit. Yeah. Welcome. Welcome. Yeah. Hi, Bill. Hi, Rebecca. Hi. Good to see you. Good to see all you guys. Welcome, listening audience, to the fastest half hour of your drive home. If but you're also, in your car. Yes, if you're in your car. <laughs> yeah, that would be interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mommy, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> so it's interesting today on the, on the Monday afternoon mix with Miles Arnold and Maxwell. Maxwell came up with an idea today. So, Rebecca, go ahead. Oh, goodness. You're throwing it to me right off the bat. There's Why football. not? <laughs> well, I was I was thinking about this last weekend, Independence Day. And I know that's that means different things to different people. But for our family, it's always been a celebration of freedom in the country. Looking back on where we've come from, where we're going. And so very we're all history buffs. We, we love Independence Day, checking out the history of America. Um, but it also made me think as I was in church about uh, on Sunday about the dependence that we have on God and it seemed like an, an interesting juxtaposition that we have one identity in our in our American freedoms, which I'm very happy about, but we also have our dependence on God. And sometimes I think maybe we approach God with this independent mindset that rather than submitting our lives to him, we want to control things and say, all right, God, maybe you can just kind of bless this plan that I've come up with. I'll bring it to you. And if that plan is, you know, if, if it's okay, you know, we're working it out. I've, I've worked out all the details. So you just, as long as you're stamping your approval on it, then we'll just go ahead and do what I want to do anyway. But the biblical picture of that is something entirely different. I'm not sure we talk about that an awful lot about what it really means to depend on God. It's probably a phrase we say, but I just wanted to know how you would describe, maybe it's somebody that is coming from no experience with what it means to be a disciple of Christ. And what does it really mean <laughs> don't, don't to... You, don't you point at me, David. <laughs> there's silent pointing no, going there's on. There's a lot of pointing going on right now. Um, just maybe we could talk a bit about what that really looks like to depend on God. I'm all ears. Yeah. I mean, one of the things is starting out from the beginning premise that God is holy he is unlike any other. And, uh, you know, one of the things that I love was uh, the Henry Boving was a Dutch theologian, and he would talk about the doctrine of the incomprehensibility of God, that literally, like, God is so just so amazing and all that. Yet at the same time, God has chosen to make himself known to us and known to us through his son, through his word. And so when we talk about dependability, we first have to talk about what are we depending on and whom are we depending on? And so I think one of the starting places that we need to start with is that God is God. Um, as the psalmist says, you are God and there is no other like you. And then the other part is that God is good. You know, God opens up Genesis chapter 1 in the beginning, and you see this, God did this on the first day, and he saw it was good. And then second day, and he saw it was good, that Hebrew word tov. But the reason why it was good is because God who made it was good. So I think when we look at dependability, we can look at the character of God, um, and God's character is amazing. So that's that's where I would start at with. A line from the previous half hour, which I don't know if you heard or not, David, but it was this. We love the idea of God changing our circumstances more than we love the idea of God changing us. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we... we it's like we, we will often pray like, okay, God, take me, 
out of this, get me out of this, you know, change this versus, you know, God, refine me through this period, you mm-hmm. know, burn off of me, uh, change, morph, transform in me. Um, if you're, if, if I'm a block of wood, sometimes it's sandy and sometimes it's just a straight chunk that needs to go. Mm-hmm. And, um, but sometimes we're really wanting to, we, we want to make God kind of a genie. So even just kind of like, here, let me rub, God, you do this. Because even in the concept of what we're opening and talking about freedom, most often we think about it in individualistic ways, like my personal freedom, you know, what I want. And it becomes like me, myself, and I, and if there's time, mine is invited as well. Yeah, but it's it's the privilege of being able to use that liberty and open it up and to to all that that means and looking at the dependence and the image of Christ that we always see we I don't know that we examine this really maybe I should just speak for myself that to examine that relationship more fully I was thinking about John 15 and the description that Christ has of his relationship with the father and how we are invited into that relationship Mm -hmm. and the freedom that that represents because that's where true freedom is right where the spirit of the Lord is that's where we find liberty but the type of relationship that Jesus describes in John 15 where he says I am the true vine my father is the vine dresser and every branch that is in me does not bear fruit he takes away and every branch that bears fruit he prunes it so it may bear more fruit and then in verse 4 he says abide in me and I in you the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine neither can you unless you abide in me I am the vine you are the branches he who abides in me and I in him he bears much fruit for apart from me you can do nothing and so that kind of intimacy where we are to to me that speaks to the dependence that we are to have because it it invites that type of productivity but but it comes from that connection and Mm -hmm. apart from that if we're not dependent to that extent where it's it's not just you're over here and we're kind of in the same club or every once in a while he looks at us and smiles, but it's we are together, we are in, we are one. And and that completeness of that relationship, I, I don't know. There's just something about that that's all day, every day, never failing. Mm-hmm. How cool is that? That's super cool. And, I, you know, as you're talking about that, we get this beautiful picture, this this illustration of, of agriculture, and I think sometimes with our technological advances, we we sometimes get hamstrings, so to speak, because this has in mind, as you said, the vine, the branches being attached to the vine and being there and constantly there. And I know sometimes I've used this as an illustration about the idea of a cell phone that a cell phone runs all day, but at some point it needs to plug in mm-hmm. and lay down, and sometimes it needs to take a nap. And saying that likewise. We need to plug into the Lord. But what you're saying, Rebecca, and what the Word says isn't like a, hey, I disconnect and I go about my day. No, Jesus is like, no, you have to constantly stay plugged into me 24-7. And if you're disconnected, then there's no life and you won't bear fruit. Did you ever hear the expression growing up, your parents ever used this one, like it or not? I mean, like I'd say mom was for dinner. She'd go cream, tuna, and peas, and I'd make some... Horrible noise, and she'd go, "Well, like it or not, that's what we're having." You know, <laughs> I may have said that a time or two. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but if we can get to the point where we say, "God, I accept whatever you bring into my life, whether I like it or not," or, "Or God, I will obey your word, whether I like it or not." Right. Mm-hmm. I think that's when we're in a 
in that place of really grafted into into God and really abiding in Him. Because there are certainly things about circumstances that come into our life that we just don't like. And we come up against God's Word, and it, it rubs up against our will sometimes, if not often. But we still obey it, whether we like it or not. Yeah, and us realizing that a good God has given us a good book for a reason. And as, as the psalmist says, your, your commandments are not burdensome, but they give life. And it really is, when, when we think about it, I mean, just where you're at right now, pause and think of the number of times that God's Word comes along and guides your heart, directs your mind, gives you peace, helps you not step off a cliff. And so there, there, there's a richness to it and to Rebecca that it's not something, you know, it's it's more than just kind of like this do's and don'ts, but God's like, you know, I came that you might have life Mm -hmm. and that you might have it to the full. And you don't, you don't fully understand how to do that. I mean, like, cause we can pick on Adam and Eve and all that, but truth be told, I'm just telling the truth, shame the devil. I would eat fruit. Okay. So, and if I'm sitting there saying, no, I wouldn't eat fruit, (laughs) then I've already said, in my prideful arrogance. And so, you know, God's word directs us. And that's why, saints, we need to be in it regularly, eating it, digesting it, letting it saturate our souls mm-hmm. and our mind. I was just thinking about the um, the passage in Luke 9 where Jesus reminds us that if anyone comes after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. And I've heard it described that that's not necessarily like every single day a different choice or a different decision, but it's the same decision each and every day that says, I will follow you. I think sometimes we approach it with a bit more smorgasbord thought where Mm -hmm. it's like, all right, Lord, if things are going well, then I've kind of got this on my own. But if things are going badly, then I'm really going to need you to help me and take me out of that situation like you were talking about. But if we are following, like you said, Bill, if we're following God, like it or not, when Mm -hmm. it comes to the circumstances or the consequences of our obedience and what that might mean about what we have in our lives or what we choose to do or choose to say or where we go or any of those things, if we are making that choice, it's the same choice, which is to follow Christ. I will deny myself. I will take up my cross and follow you wherever that may lead. It's still that daily walk but it it sort of minimizes the amount of of choices because we're making that same commitment each and every day and i love in verse 15 jesus says i i have called you friends for everything that i've learned from my father i've made known to you i just love that we're friends what a friend we have in jesus Mm -hmm. and what a what a companion what a a person we can trust lean in and and depend upon and that's um that's a beautiful reminder because I think everybody listening has got two or three circumstances in their life they would like removed, eliminated, or completely done away with. And God's not done that yet. Yeah. And I bet they've prayed about it and it hasn't happened yet. So, Lord, when, when will this come? When, when will these circumstances change? And maybe God's saying, well, I'm going to change you first, then the circumstances. Yeah. I was thinking this morning I got up and we had a good... Um, torrential downpour for a little bit this morning and I was sitting at my table looking out um, the window uh, at the trees and and I I just I wrote this and just kind of sent this out as a greeting today to people and I said I would like to wish everyone a most blessed and marvelous day let each of us go tell two people more is definitely okay I am so thankful for you today and as one of my family prayer team members would say David have I told you today that I love you 
No, Dave, you haven't. His name is Dave. <laughs> well, I just want to let you know how much I love you. And I, I put a note because I really was feeling this. I said, by the way, I'm not sending this to you to do for me. I truly want us to look outward to our world and be other-centered, to give love and appreciation away. Go ahead and try it. Do this with your family. It works especially well, as Rebecca said the other day when we were talking about this, with kids and grandkids, nieces and nephews. Do it with your friends, your coworkers, a stranger you are graced to meet, and even those you consider a challenge, for they are building your character, empathy, and love muscles and capacity. You wrote that this morning? Yeah. Whoa. That's so, beautiful. Making us look bad. No, no, seriously, <laughs> well, you are. No. It's it, a great yeah, idea. But that, it's, 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 it's <laughs> one of the things, too, on that great point. It's, it's not a competition because there's, there's ways, Bill, that you love people and you speak to them and how God has crafted and wired them. They will uniquely hear it from you and will hear it from Rebecca different than they're going to hear it from me. And that's perfectly okay because God loves his variety. He, yeah. he, he loves this expansiveness. Now, I, I made another note. I said, why do this today? I said, why do this today right now? I said, because it's a great thing to do. And then also because on Friday I got a phone call that one of my classmates uh, from college, a guy named Dave Bowden, um, they had found him face down dead on Friday, 51 years old. I'm sorry. And, uh, you know, and I, I wrote that... Uh, my response was shock and sadness, and as I called other friends to pass on the news, their reaction was the same. And all thought back, all of them that I talked to, all thought back to the last time they had seen or spoke to him. And I wrote this this morning, listen, if someone just came to your mind right now as you read this, right at this moment, or right now as you heard that, maybe you should reach out to them. Set aside whatever it is that's holding you back. And this was my prayer. As it is raining, so I pray that the rain refreshes the earth and that these words bring life to you and those around you. Yeah, you can even blame it on the radio show. I'm listening to this radio show, and I was prompted to call you. Yeah. Blame it on me. I don't care. No, blame it on me. <laughs> well, blame it on you. Yeah, well, why not? Blame all, right. I got all big around. Shoulders. I think we're going to take a break, and I've got to go get a water. So if I'm not back in time, one of you guys can pick up. Sure, why not? Oh, Rebecca's I mean, you guys can trust that. This, I'm telling you. Because I'm, I'm really thirsty, and I didn't bring in water so i gotta go get water so if i'm not okay. back you guys start we'll cover me. for you all right all right go we'll be right bad, back go. yep Wonder who bet against me that I'd get back in time. You made it. We knew you could do it, Bill. It was the seconds to spare. <laughs> I had an extra long bumper just in case. I appreciate that. <laughs> anyway, we're back with the Monday afternoon mix. My old Arnold Maxwell. I think it's going good today. So Don't far. You? So far. Yeah. Well, we got a ways to go. <laughs> <laughs> Let's jump into Galatians five, David. Well, it's super cool. I mean, like just a moment ago, we were talking about like purpose and life and we were talking about freedom. And I love this, this, this quote that Dr. King made. Um, he said, the end of life is not to be happy, nor to achieve pleasure and avoid pain, but to do the will of God come what may. 
And as we talk about freedom, there is a reason in Galatians 5 that God has given us freedom. You know, chapter 5, verse 1 says, It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. So even the idea that it's not works, God in grace has saved us, saved us. But then later on, the word freedom and free is used again in chapter 5, verse 13. And he says, this is the purpose of freedom. You, my brothers, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the sinful nature. Rather, use it to serve one another in love. And then verse uh, 14 goes on to say that the entire law is summed up in a single command, love your neighbor as yourself. You know, and so this idea that God has set us free, he's setting us free to serve one another, to serve one another in love. And, and that's a pretty powerful thing because the Son of Man came not to be served, uh, Mark ten forty five, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Was it C.S. Lewis who said, I always see happiness in my peripheral vision when I'm busy serving and loving and doing something for somebody else. I kind of look to both sides and I go, wow, I'm really happy right now because you see it in, in your peripheral vision, not when you're searching for happiness. You never find it that way. You find it in searching and helping others. Yeah, it's interesting. I, um, I was, uh, someone called me today about doing an ordination for a pastor friend of my church planner. And it was interesting, this man that I just met from um, uh, New Jersey area. And he's like, tell me a little bit about yourself. And I was sitting there thinking, well, two things, th- there's two things that rock me. If I, if I think about these for any length of time, like it, it reduces me to tears. Number one, that God saved me. I mean, like the gospel is like ridiculous. That might not be the right word. It's just so amazing. <laughs> I th- I'm, th- I'm thinking etymology. I'm thinking, what's the actual definition? That might... <laughs> but it, it's just so like, I mean, like, it's so wow. Mm. Like, when, when we stop and really, and actually sometimes we don't even need to really. I mean, it's just sometimes just thinking about the Lord, like that song. When I think about the Lord, how he saved me, how he raised me, how he filled me with the Holy Ghost. I mean, but then the second thing that wrecks me is that God has allowed me to be a minister of this incredible gospel and watch him transform people in front of me that I'm not doing and allowing us to serve like we were allowed to serve one another. And that that's really a powerful other centered thing. I think there's something that's fascinating to think about being created from the beginning of time that God has these good works in place for us to do mm-hmm. and just the, the fitness of it. And, and I think a lot of us struggle with, well, am I, Am I doing enough? Am I completing enough? Am I being who I'm supposed to be? Am I doing all these things well enough? But there's something about the peace and the freedom that there is to know that I am as God made me to be for him, for this unique purpose. And I know that because he made me. It's in, it's in the creation. It's the goodness of a sovereign God appointing that I would be here and now and, and giving me work of his for me to do like that partnership that's there in no way do I deserve that kind of thing and any glory would belong to him but how cool is it again how wow how amazing how 
inexpressible in mere words it is that that's part of his design in me and in Mm -hmm. you and in all of us that are listening right now that God made you as you are here and now for his express purpose for abundant and amazing things. He's done all of that. And he said, okay, now go come with me. Let's do this together. That's a mind blowing thought. Mm -hmm. And that it should um, endear might not be the right word, but, but a, a certain humility in us. And a certain, um, you know, gratitude um, with that. And I think that um, it's so, you know, powerful. Here's an interesting thing that Dr. King also said. He once said, we are prone to judge success by the index of our salaries or the size of our automobiles rather than the quality of our service and relationship to mankind. And when you think about it, some could say, well, what would King know? I mean, like, well, he died with less than $6,000 of net worth, but his impact was so profound. Jesus was buried in a borrowed grave, but his impact was eternal beyond all riches. As Peter says in First Peter 1, 20, 21, you know, you've been purchased not with gold and silver, but by the precious lamb, blood of the lamb, the blood of the son of God. So... Those are some good thoughts. You guys are doing really good today. Your turn, Bill. Well, I mean, if we're in Galatians 5, we, we're not leaving without uh, brushing up on chapter, on, on verse 22 and 23. Now, you guys have memorized the fruits of the Spirit, haven't you? Yes? No? Is not? now the yes. time when we have to prove it? Yes. <laughs> I want to see, see what version you guys memorized it in. I want to see what comes out of your mouth. For the fruit of the Spirit is love. Were you reading it? You can't no, read it? No, I'm not reading okay, it. I'm trying to remember. No. <laughs> love Looks like you're reading it. Oh, sorry. Love. Shall I close my eyes and yes. read it? Yes. Okay. Joy, peace, patience, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, faithfulness self-control. self-control. Did I miss one? I should count love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. Love, joy, peace, patience, <laughs> kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness. Gentleness, self-control. self-control. We, we need that gentleness. Against um, such there is no law. Yeah. Yeah, of course, I'm in NIV right now, and it says... Love, joy, peace, forbearance, mm. kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Sometimes long-suffering is in there mm-hmm. for the old school yes. um, version. S- sometimes humility is in place of gentleness, too, mm. which I like. Well, it's interesting. I wrote some notes like on this. And so like, love is kind of this unconquering, benevolent love. It's this, this, this um, agape, God-like love and, and having joy that's a foundation found in God. Now, Harmonious has... Harmonious relationships and a calm spirit. Mm. And that would be really good right now. Um, patience is the quality that does not surrender to circumstances or succumb under trial. Well, that's good. Kindness is gracious, pleasant, helpful. But this is going to be really an interesting. For goodness, goodness denotes a firm or stern moral quality by which doing, quote-unquote, good to the others is not necessarily by gentle means. Hmm. It's, it, but, but there's a stern moral quality to it. But then it's followed up with faithfulness or trustworthiness, and then gentleness is there, of being considerate. And I, I once wrote a note that said this, Aristotle defined, um, defined uh, gentleness as the mean between excessive anger and angerlessness, the quality of the man who is angry at the right time, in the right way, and never at the wrong time. And then lastly was self-control, you know, the idea of being um, self-controlled. And, and, and Bill, how does that 
that section of Scripture end after he says self-control. Against these, against such things, there is no law. Yeah. Were you looking for more? No. Okay. That was super. And I mean, like, but, and so this, this, this part also has been in mind of, of a Christ in her life because it goes on to say the ones belonging in Christ Jesus. You know, so he wants us to be in him. And, you know, when I think of my one friend who passed away and, and um, you know, and others, we kind of think, you know, we have all this time and different things. And so people sometimes say life is short, you know, got to go for the gusto. And people are right. Life is short. But imagine with me, guys, for a moment that if you had a steel ball, solid steel, the size of Earth, 25,000 miles in circumference, and a sparrow went away every million years to sharpen its beak. Mm-hmm. By the time he took that ball the size of Earth and whittled it down to a BB, eternity would have just begun. Wow. And God do, loves do, us. <laughs> do you understand that point, Rebecca? I'm going to have to ponder that. Yeah, for me a too. Anyway, the Monday afternoon mix goes fast, doesn't it? Already it does. done. That's it. And Mondays are awesome. I love Mondays. Back to work. It's great. And a good way to start the Monday afternoon mix. David Miles and has been my guest. So thank you so much, David, for being here. As always, I look forward to it, as does Rebecca. I love it. It's good. great. Good. Thanks, Rebecca. Oh, Thanks you're so minutes. welcome. Believe it or not, that wraps up Hour 1 already. Hour 2 is going to be Ken Samples be joining us from Reasons.org. We're going to talk about Christianity versus Islam. It's going to be interesting. Thanks for listening. Programming like this is made available through your support. Information available at MyFaithRadio.com.